a celebration of life, love, laughter, and tradition, Fiddler on the Roof returns to the stage in this new, highly acclaimed Broadway in Chicago run, featuring the classics Tradition, If I Were a Rich Man, Sunrise, Sunset, Matchmaker, Matchmaker, and To Life, To Life, Lechaim. Fiddler on the Roof will introduce a new generation to this uplifting celebration that raises its cup to joy, and of course, to life. This show is one week only at the Cadillac Palace Theater, May 17th through 22nd. Tickets are at broadwayinchicago.com. And Mishkan Chicago gets a special discount code, $45 middle balcony tickets for May 17th, 18th, and 19th with code ROOF45. Can I just say, as a rabbi and someone who believes that Fiddler on the Roof is actual Torah, this is an incredible opportunity for anyone wanting to deepen the love they already have for a classic Jewish story or fall in love with it for the first time. Cadillac Palace Theater, May 17th through 22nd, broadwayinchicago.com, special discount code ROOF45. Welcome to Shabbat Replay on Contact High. This week's sermon is from the Saturday morning service on May 7th, when Rabbi Dina delivered a drosh connecting Parashat Kedoshim to the impending Supreme Court decision which may overturn Roe v. Wade. If you're in Chicagoland, Mishkan invites you to join us at the rally downtown this Saturday, May 14th, organized by Planned Parenthood. Rabbi Lizzie will lead us in a musical gathering of Jewish inspiration shortly before the rally in Union Park. Let the organizers know you're coming by signing up. There are links in the show notes. Now, take it away, Rabbi Dina. Maybe you didn't catch it. Went by quickly. We read the most important part of the entire Torah today. That's not my claim. That's Rabbi Akiva's claim, who says... The line, V'yahavta l'reacha kamocha, love your neighbor as yourself, zeklal gadol b'torah. That is a great, the great principle of the Torah. There's another story about these lines in which a person who is sort of like maybe considering becoming Jewish comes to Rabbi Hillel and he says, Hillel, teach me all of the Torah while I stand on one foot. If you have good balance, this isn't a challenge, but if you're a low-balance challenge, it's a little harder. And Hillel says, that which is hateful to you, don't do to the fellow. That's it. The rest is commentary. Go learn it. Hillel was quoting from this week's Parsha, which says, that which is hateful to you, don't do to your fellow. You can rebuke them, but don't do something that you would hate if it happened to you back to them. And then it says, love your neighbor, your fellow, as yourself. So I want to pose the question to you and invite you to turn to someone near you and ask why of all of the things in the Torah, many of which are beautiful and we get 40 some mentions of Shabbat, why is this verses 17 and 18, Leviticus 19 verses 17 and 18, it is if you're still holding your Chumash pages 696 on to 697, Why is this the most important set of verses in the entire Torah, according to two rabbis who are way more famous and wise than me? All right. What do we got? Wise rabbis of the people who are at Mishkan this morning. 
Rabbi just means great one, by the way. Elliot, looks like you're being <laughs> voluntold to share your thoughts. Love that. So it's a how to keep Judaism alive and flourishing and a recognition of our interdependence, that we can't do this by ourselves. I'm just repeating it for the sake of people who are on camera. Great, great. So Ellie's noting that the word re'acha doesn't just mean fellow Jews, it means everyone in humanity. We are beholden not just to our particular community, but to all other human beings. Great, love that. One or two more thoughts on why these verses? I like um, verse 17. Great. So Lilia is saying, it's okay to be in conflict. It's okay to disagree with each other and call that out. It's not okay to do it in a way that is hateful or to hate that person because you disagree with them. Amazing. Anything else? Abby, you look like you have something wise to say. Amazing. So Abby's noting that This verse, these two verses actually don't mention God until the very end when it just says, I'm God. Surprise! (laughs) Right? And so the way that we honor God is by honoring each other. That's a little bit of what Daniel was saying as well. Okay, Frank. Say more. Amazing. So Frank is noting that in labor law, which Frank knows a lot about, if any of you are interested, this ethos of we want to engage in corrective behavior, not punitive behavior, is what's so important, that anything that becomes punitive doesn't stand in a labor court. Corrective action is fine right? is good. We want to be doing that. It reminds me of what we talk about every year around the high holidays, that the word for sin, chet, is also used in archery for an arrow that goes off course, right? So the idea being that our actions are things that we're aiming towards an idea of holiness, like Daniel talked about. But sometimes we go off course. And so the recourse for that is to try again, to bring it back towards what you were aiming for. Okay, yes. Yeah, so Ellie's noting that when you, when it says love your neighbor as yourself, you have to oftentimes realize, I love myself more than I love you. Like I, I'm, when it comes down to it, I'm going to take that corner piece of cake, unless it's your birthday, in which I'm going to begrudgingly offer it to you, right? And so that helps us check in with like, oh, I guess I don't love my neighbor enough. So then we love our neighbor more, but then we're always going to look out for number one. So we're going to start loving ourselves a little more and then it's going to catch up, right? And so it's a way to actually increase the love in the world. I love that. Okay. So I want to make just like a couple sort of, I want to draw a few like little crystals out of this. The first is that both Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi and Hillel They're talking about what seems like the same thing, but is actually two different laws. One is don't do something hateful to someone else, right? One law is if it's bad for you, don't do it to them. Separately, love them the way you love yourself. Those are not just two ways of framing the same thing. I think they're really teaching us two different things. The first one is teaching us to do no harm right? As Lilia said, to engage someone in a process of growth, to engage them in a process of corrective action, but not to do them something that would cause them any harm. 
no matter how forcefully you disagree with them. You cannot do something that will hurt another person emotionally, physically, spiritually, no matter what, right? That is a klal gadol batorah. You can never cross a line in which you engage in hurtful behavior. The second commandment, to love someone the way that you love yourself, is just as Ellie was saying, to create the world that you want to live in for them. The ways that you want to be treated well Go back and do that to them. To think about what matters most to you, but not just to do exactly that, right? Loving, I gave a a drash about love a few months ago. You have to figure out what makes someone else feel loved. So you have to think about the feelings that you experience of being loved and then get to know that other person intimately enough to figure out how to make them feel that. Right? I talked about love languages. If your love language is gifts, but someone else isn't, you can't just give them gifts because you would like them. That's loving yourself. You have to figure out what's going to make them feel loved, and then you have to do that for them. You have to create a world that gives them that environment. I'm finding it very hard to read these verses without thinking about the news that came out of the Supreme Court this week, that the Supreme Court stands poised to reverse the ruling on Roe versus Wade. And I'm finding it very hard to stomach the idea that they're going to gut nearly half a century of basic rights in a moment. And it's about pregnancy, but it's also about all sorts of other rights to privacy and self-determination that are being taken away from us. And by us, I mean, yes, people who have the biological ability to give birth, but also an us who includes anyone who has been marginalized and oppressed, because that is what this is about is taking away power from people who have slowly been gaining it, right? And as Justice Alito wrote, like literally pushing us back to a time where those rights didn't exist for everyone. So last year, Rabbi, not last year, a couple months ago? February. February? In the year 2042 BC, um, Rabbi Lizzie gave a drash about how abortion access and all medical access is a Jewish issue. And if you are curious about that reasoning and about why more than almost anything else, the Jewish community stands united in its commitment to ensuring abortion access for people, I encourage you to check out her drosh. That's not really what I'm talking about tonight. What I want to do is bring us to how these verses from our Parsha help us respond to this moment. So these two commandments, to do no harm and to actively create a world that loves other people, they're linked by proximity in the Torah, but they're also linked thematically in the ways that they teach us to interact with people who are hard to be with and easy to be with. I am very angry, and I am horrified, and I'm devastated, and I'm disgusted. Like, I'm so many feelings, and I will admit... I have done more than a little bit of doom scrolling the last week, and I have found myself like angry chuckling at a couple of memes that say mean things about the people who are pushing for this change. But that is not, as Daniel taught us earlier, the way towards holiness. It is not what the Torah is asking of us. It might feel good to me in the moment, but it's not creating anything positive for me or anyone else. That's not the kind of 
holy action that our Parsha is telling us when it says, Ani Adonai, be like me, be holy. So instead, I'm trying to put these verses into action together. I'm trying to find ways, as Lilia said, to call out hateful speech, not by returning it with hateful speech, but by saying, how else can we have this conversation? That is hateful to me. You are causing me pain with the ways that you are talking and with the things that you are doing. Right? The phrase, you will surely rebuke the other person, tells us that we cannot put our hands over our ears. We can't enter our own little bubble. We can't say to ourselves, Illinois protects abortion access, so actually I don't need to be that worried and I'm going to just like, boop. It teaches us not to say something snarky or mean in return to something snarky or mean. It teaches us that taking revenge is not going to move anyone anywhere, emotionally, physically, spiritually, politically, legally. Revenge is not our answer here. Mean-spirited actions are not the kind of holy behavior that I want to engage in. What I am doing is pushing back on that hateful speech and also doing things that create more love in the world, like donating to abortion access funds and calling my local and federal politicians and saying, I want you to support greater legal access to this. I want you to support policies that will enact this into law so that it doesn't have to be a question. I'm donating to things like lactation consultants and doulas and encouraging my elected officials to support paid parental leave for everybody and to support greater access to fertility treatments because all of these things are the kind of loving world that makes parenting becoming a person who creates another human, who welcomes another human into their life. These create the kind of world that is full of love that I want to live in. And I don't know what someone else needs, but I do know that someone needs those things. These feel to me like actions of love, not just because they create a world of love that I want, but because I can think of people I know in this community and in my life who need all of those things, who need diapers that they can't afford, who need access to fertility treatments that they can't afford, who need... I know people who have children who need a good and loving home, and I know people who have welcomed children that need a good and loving home into theirs. These are the things that I do out of love because I love people who need them, and that in return increases my own love for myself, my community, each other. We can build a world that supports all of these decisions, the ability of birthing people and people who want to be parents to access that way to give of themselves, right? Being a parent is an act of love. We can create a world that has more love, that loves our fellow as ourself by making sure that that is possible and that the person who makes the decision about that is the person who will be impacted by it. And then we can hope that they will also listen to the Torah and that they will do the same for us that they will also be building a world that supports our ability to make decisions about the kind of love that we create and give to others. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Replay is a production of Mishkan Chicago. Our theme music was composed and performed by Kalman Strauss. You can always see where and when our next service will be on our calendar. There's a link in the show notes. And if you appreciated the program, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. I know you've heard it before, but it really does help. 
On behalf of Team Mishkan, thank you for listening.